Francisco, a.k.a. Andaman uh, from San Diego, and you're listening to The Talking Dead. is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi there, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 86 for Monday, September 3rd, 2012. Might as well get right into it and just wish you a happy Labor Day today. Happy Labor Day. This one I knew about. Yeah. Prior to uh, you actually saying what uh, what holiday it might have been. Yeah. Well, I looked up other observances on this day, and there are some in other countries, uh, but I, I decided to go with the easy one since everybody in, well, maybe not everybody, but a, a majority of people in North America are currently celebrating Labor Day today. Mm-hmm. It's only a North American thing, though. It's not international. No, that's true. I knew that. People don't labor other parts in other parts of the world. They don't labor day it. They don't labor day it. Yeah. The <laughs> official or the unofficial end of summer. Yeah, the unofficial, but in my mind, it really is the end of summer. Summer runs from Victoria Day to Labor Day, yep, in pretty my much. opinion. Yeah, in Canada, anyways. I don't know what the equivalent to Victoria Day is in the States. There's uh, there's a holiday j- the week before Right at Victoria the end day. of May. Is it President's uh, Day? It might be the, uh, the day after, or the week after um, Victoria Day. I forget what the holiday is, but there is, a, there is a, a stat there. Something at the end of May there. Well, that's summer for me, so summer's over. That's it. Summer's done. We're officially into fall. Back to school. Unofficially into fall. Yeah. I don't have school to go back to. No, we go back to work, which we were at anyway. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Yeah. It's nice to have a day off. It is. Lots of parades on this day. Oh, yeah? There was a parade in Toronto. Oh, and I, a Labor Day parade? Yeah. Unions get together and put on a parade. Yeah. I imagine there's probably parades in other parts of the continent as well. I'm sure there are. <laughs> to celebrate those who work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All righty. Before we get into the Walking Dead news this week, as always, I just have to remind everyone about our How to Kill a Zombie contest. We've got lots of entries. The way you enter is uh, there are one of two ways. You can head over to our Facebook page. That is the uh, that is the chosen method of entry mm-hmm, by the me. Pref- the preferred. Chosen by you. Chosen by me and preferred by all. And by me. There you go. Chosen go- by you, preferred by me. Go to Facebook and post your favorite, funniest, or most creative, or wackiest, or whatever. Just your favorite way to po- to kill a zombie. Favorite way to post on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Favorite way to kill a zombie. If you don't use Facebook, you can feel free to email your entry into talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. We're collecting them all. And as I've said before, each week... Uh, we're going to announce the winner on our podcast for the season premiere of season three, mm-hmm. which will be sometime that weekend, the 14th, 15th, maybe it will release on the 16th. 
It's random. Um, it, it's 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 a little <laughs> bit random because that weekend is a big weekend for for us. It is at least for me because it, last least. year I was in New York for New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there again this year. I'd like to officially announce. That's good and uh, exciting. Exciting. You may or may not join me. Yes, it's up in the air. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days it'll crash to Earth, yep. and you'll either come or you won't. That's correct. Cool. Um, but let me just talk about that for a brief moment. Uh, like last year, I'm going down for the entire conference and then an extra day at the end. Last year, I had some Talking Dead goodies to give out, which I will do again this year. Probably some shirts, probably some of the same promotional items from last year, mm-hmm. which I'll go let you figure out if you want to know what that was. I see a whole box of them right over there. Yeah, there's some left, so some of those will be coming with me. And I think I'm going to do up some postcards or something just to hand out randomly and say, here you go, check out the show. That's a good idea. So I'll be the dorky-looking guy walking around with a backpack and postcards and uh, probably wearing a Talking Dead shirt for most of the time. That's what I did last year. So if you see me, say hi. That might be the only distinguishing feature. The uh, the You said dorky-looking guy with a backpack. It's a Uh, Comic-Con. That is about everybody there. That's true. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, a a Talking Dead t-shirt would uh, probably distinguish you. It's black. It says the Talking Dead. Uh, There are a few people in New York City that that have these shirts, so I don't know if they're going to be there and be wearing them, but if uh, it's probably me if you see it. Well, look for a guy that looks like Chris. Yeah, just do that. Yeah. Just do that. Now, the other thing is, I'm also thinking that it might be fun to put together a very informal Talking Dead meetup while we're there. We choose a pub or something like that. We don't do it at the convention, but we do it during the weekend sometime, one evening, maybe after everything wraps up. We just meet at a pub, or or I'll just be there eating and drinking. Drinking. And if you want to come along, you can come and say hi and uh, again, look for a out. guy that looks like Chris. Exactly. How hard can it be to find me in New York City? Chris, and he'll have a beer this time. And I'll have a beer, yeah. which is not an uncommon occurrence. No, but it's different. It distinguishes you from uh, not having a beer at the Comic Con. That's true. Because you won't have a beer there, but you'll be, if you're in a pub, you'll have a beer. I will for sure. So think I'm, I'm, I'm still working out the details on this, but I'll, I'll let everybody know. So if you're going to the New York Comic Con or you're just in the you know, New York area and you feel like coming out, it might be a really fun time. It's not going to be, you know, anything formal. We'll just hang out. We'll talk about The Walking Dead and whatever else happens to come up. Sure. And if Jason comes with me, he'll be there too. Yeah. Well, so probably. It'll be, you know, two two halves of a whole. Pe- peas in a pod? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> geeks in a bar? Yeah, that's that's more like <laughs> it right there. Two geeks in a bar. Yeah. Alrighty, so we'll have more information on that in the coming weeks, uh, but right now, we're going to get into The Walking Dead News. The Walking Dead News. Alright, the first item in the news this week is a little bit of a preview for our next podcast. Ooh. But what I wanted to just quickly run through is that episode three of Telltale's game, The Walking Dead, was released this week. Mm-hmm. As most everybody knows who's playing it, it's available on Xbox and PS3 and Mac and PC. And I think episode two was released for iOS. Yes, it was. At the same time, or roughly the same time. So iOS is behind by one episode. 
Um, and it's a preview for next time because we're going to podcast next week and talk about and review episode three. Which will give me the opportunity to actually play it. That's why we can't do it now. It only came out on Wednesday. It's a holiday weekend. We were both out of town, yep. so there wasn't a lot of time to play the game. But you finished it. Even though I finished it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it came out on Wednesday. I started it Wednesday last week, and then... My family or my wife was out Thursday night, so I put the kids to bed and I spent three hours and or two hours and finished it off. Go to bed, shut up, daddy's got to play a video game. It wasn't quite like that, but, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, they got to bed and I came immediately came down here and turned it on. So cool. we will be talking about that next time, next week on the show. We're not going to take next week off because right. that would just be too long and then it would be irrelevant. Yep. So we don't want to do that, but we'll be talking about it next week. So in the meantime, if you've got some thoughts or comments on episode three, uh, send them in to us, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com, or give us a call, 1 483 9662, because we'd love to you know, hear what you have to say about it. That's the real reason why we're delaying, is so that uh, our fans have the opportunity to post their own comments. It's one of the reasons, but you having not played it is the main I'm one. I'm trying to you know, gloss over that <laughs> aspect of it. It's fine. It's only been a few days, yeah. and you were only at home for like two of those days. That's true. So. That's true. So we will get to that next week, and like I said, if you've played it, I'm sending your comments. I'm really excited to talk about this episode. I, I think there's a lot of interesting things to say. Cool. <laughs> I remember a train from the trailer. There's a train in the trailer. Nice. I will confirm that there's a train in the trailer. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> All righty. So the, the real first news item here is Entertainment Weekly last week in their, uh, in their, in their uh, issue – had was all about The Walking Dead, or at least they had a cover story about The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. They released four fancy covers, and it was sort of the Walking Dead sneak peek issue. Let's see if I can remember the covers without looking at them. One was Rick. Mm -hmm. One was the governor. Correct. One was Michonne and her two pet zombies. Correct. And one was Merle and um, and Daryl. Correct. Good work. All right. <laughs> Are you looking at them right now? I am looking at them right now. All right. So the, the, the only thing I want to say about the covers are, is it just me or do some of the weapons that they're holding, like Rick's gun and the governor's knife, look comically oversized? Well, it could be. I mean, they do make uh, very large revolvers. So uh, I'm not sure. You know, um, John Bernthal, not John Bernthal, what's his eyebrows? Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln, thank you very much. Might be a very tiny guy. Actors tend to be very tiny people. So he's got a very small head. So that gun that That's he's right. holding up in front of his face looks like twice the size of his head. Yes. And uh, ex except for the uh, the governor there, he's got a knife that is uh, way too big and way too shiny to be real. Have, well, it's a sword. It's too shiny to have been used for anything, first of all, unless he's very anal about his knife and really cleans it thoroughly. I don't know. It's got to be uh, a knife to be that shiny has got to be uh, stainless steel or chrome, neither of which is a great knife material. I mean, sure, you know, having st a steel knife is good, but it's got, it's not as shiny as that. So that's got to be a chrome knife, which is completely useless. <laughs> chrome is usually a coating on other metal, too. Yeah. Right. Well, to make it worse. Right? If right. the chrome plated a knife, you'd be making the knife worse. Right. That's true. <laughs> chrome, I don't think you can really sharpen chrome very well. Probably not. Probably not. So let's say it's not chrome. It's probably made of steel, and it's just really abnormally shiny. Right. The problem I had with it was how enormous it looked. It's and huge. I understand. They make big knives. but th That would that, go through two people if you <clears> stabbed them. That just looks ridiculous, yeah. yeah. 
So that's the first thing I noticed about the cover there. I'm just I'm looking at the size of their fists com- compared to the size of their heads because they're both holding these comically large uh, weapons, but they've got them in their fists, right? So I'm just trying to think. You know, is my did they enlarge their fists as well as the the gun si- or the gun the weapon sizes? Just wondering. They look like they have really big fists, yeah. As well, so they got really <laughs> tiny heads, or they're comically large weapons. Either or, <laughs> either way, still sort of funny. So Entertainment Weekly has been doing a lot of coverage on The Walking Dead in the last few weeks, not only in the magazine, but on their website. They've been posting videos, exclusive stuff, all kinds of things. So this rundown of some of the stuff that I thought was interesting comes from all of those sources. Okay. The first is uh, Robert Kirkman. He said, I think in the article, this season really is about setting up those uh, these two worlds and watching them come to a head and collide. And you know that there are going to be some pretty explosive encounters between Rick and the governor. This season is going to be a, going to be about getting to know these two characters and then waiting for their eventual confrontation that could destroy everything. Oh my goodness! It's Im- immovable object versus immovable object. No irresistible force. That's it. Oh right, that's right. That makes more sense. So neither of these guys are going to <laughs> immovable object versus immovable object. There's just two things sitting there. Yes, not moving, <laughs> not doing moving. anything. Yes. <laughs> That's like playing rock, rock, rock. Yeah, you could do that all day. That's Nobody right. would ever Nobody win. Would win. <laughs> uh, so we know that these two guys aren't going to get along. Kirkman just told us that. Well, you know, they'd be really kind of sad if they did. Hey, how's it going? Good. And they become buddy-buddy and they, you know, start a poker game and <laughs> that's about the end of that. Come on in. We found some cards and poker chips. Yeah. Uh, we're <laughs> it's, it's going really well. Yeah. Uh, sit down. Have a beer. <laughs> So that's good. So it's going to be, there's going to be conflict. That's all I'm trying to say, as if we didn't know that. Thank God. Uh, So also from the article, it said that Andrea, of course, is with Michonne. We know that. And Andrea and Michonne form a strong bond uh, together, and that bond will quickly be tested in season three. Um, And in fact, they're going to be at odds with each other once they get to Woodbury. Right. So... I think this really comes down to uh, Andrea, because we saw in the trailer, I believe, Andrea tells him about the other group, mm-hmm. but but Michonne doesn't trust him yet, and she gives Andrea that uh, that nasty look. Right, right, right. So I, I'm pretty sure that's sort of the confrontation that we're talking about here. They're just not getting along. Well, nobody gets along <laughs> forever. Everybody <laughs> yeah. has arguments and that's fights, true. right? That is true. Uh, All righty, from comicbook.com, the governor will have some kind of celebration and announce a pig roast. All right, I love a good pig roast. That's exciting. Merle will show up carrying a boar on a stick. The townspeople who appreciate the importance of a good hunter chant, Merle, Merle, as he walks in. (laughs) So I'm thinking Merle is some kind of a hero here at uh, Woodbury. I wonder if he's going to throw the boar at anybody when he gets there. Well, (laughs) the uh, Dixon family is known for throwing dead animals. Yeah. But I squirrel on a rope, bore on a stick. Yeah, somebody pisses you off, you throw it at them, you throw, or at least whack them with it. Yeah, uh, but it's but I thought this was interesting because my sort of thinking going in here was that Merle either isn't like maybe he's not, maybe he shows up a little later, maybe he's not a huge part of the the governor's crew, maybe he's just sort of a guy in the background, and then of course when our characters show up. You know, he comes to the foreground, but it sounds like he's really a big part, almost, you know, right-hand man kind of inner circle guy with the governor. No pun intended. 
<laughs> no. Right handless man. Yeah, right handless man. But what do you think? Like he's he's gonna be he's gonna be, you know, central character here, it looks like, which I wasn't really sure, you know, I didn't really think that was gonna happen because I always kind of thought that Michael Rooker, yes, he's gonna be on the show, but he's gonna end up always being like a character that comes and goes a little bit. No, I can I can I can definitely see this where we have uh Moral being uh a central character in the Woodbury group and we have Daryl being centri- central character in the uh the Nomad group there. Mm-hmm. And you know that you know they're both two sides of the same coin, right? They're just they're two these two characters that have their own groups and they have their own uh you know the people backing them up and they will come to a head as well. We have conflicts on many levels here. Yeah, for sure. But I just sort of thought, you know, Rooker did a cameo in season one. Yeah. He did a cameo in season two. And we know he's coming back now. And I always thought it was going to be a bit of an extended cameo where he might be in two episodes instead of one. And, you know, something would happen that he would come and he would disappear again or whatever. But it seems like they're you know, setting this up as him being a real central main character that's going to be throughout the season and maybe beyond. It could be. So I, I don't really know. I was just surprised to kind of hear that. I'm, I think it's great. With you know? the success of this show, Michael Rooker wants to get on board in a big way. Oh, that's, that's a good point. That's all I, I can think in this in this <laughs> situation. Or he's going to stick around long enough to kill uh, somebody and then bugger off. Yes, I could see that. Kill somebody and get the hell out of there. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. I'm I'm glad to have him on board. I think he's a great character. He's interesting and he's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I it's more than a cameo. It'll definitely be fun. I can tell you that. Yeah, he's a fun guy. Glenn Mazzara. He said the group will come to discover that there are other survivors within that prison. So that's kind of a big reveal. It is a big reveal. We know that they're going to show up there. They're going to clean out some zombies and they're going to find other people there, like Jasper and I forget the other people's names. Yeah, we could have looked it up beforehand, yeah. but we didn't. I like the name Jasper, so I remember Jasper. Jasper, is he the dude that eventually runs away, runs out? I forget. Okay. That part I completely forget. <laughs> you just know he's there. There's a guy named Jasper. Okay, cool. The most important thing is, though, we're going to get in these new characters that may or may not last very long. Probably not. And we have no idea who they are or what they're all about yet, at, at least in the realm of the TV show. Right, yeah. So... Uh, so Glenn Mazzara, again, when asked about the governor's daughter, Penny, mm. um, I don't want to say too much, but let's just say that in the comic, the governor has a daughter and her name is Penny. Correct. And he, Mazzara was asked if she'll be in the show. And he said, there are key moments in the comic book that we felt were very important to adapt into the series. I don't want to give anything away, but our version of the governor is recognizable to comic book fans. So that means she's going to be there? I believe it does, because they've also said that uh, the rise of the governor is canon to both the comic and the television show, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, Penny plays a, plays a very central character in that uh, in that story. Yep. So she's definitely going to be in the television show. I never had a doubt about that. I don't know. I thought maybe they wouldn't do it because they didn't want to introduce another child character on the show. Well, she... Yeah, I mean, the characters... <laughs> I know. Are you I know. trying to make me spoil this? No, I'm not trying. I actually don't want to spoil this, just in case there are people who, who don't know, you know, how the comic book plays out. But I... I I, I'm, I have, I'm not surprised at all. I won't be surprised at all if Penny shows up in, in the television show. All right. Well, based on that answer to the question, I'm, I won't be surprised either. It sounds like he's, almost, he's all but saying that, yeah, she's there. Right. 
So we'll find out. Now, David Morrissey was talking about his character, which is the governor, of course. And he says, we meet the governor earlier in his journey. I think he has more complexity than in the comic book, and he's not, uh, and it's not when we meet him in the, and that's not when we meet him in the TV series. The things that make uh, him the way he is happen to him on screen. We see them happening. Oh, good. Right. That'll be very interesting. Watch his character development instead of just him showing up as the evil bad guy. Exactly. So we see him a little bit earlier on in his storyline, which is cool. Wow. Um, That'll be very interesting to watch. and, And speaking of Rise of the Governor, I mean, we know everything that happens in that book, but that book ends when he joins the Woodbury clan, essentially. Yep. And... So the TV show, even though, you know, we're a little bit into the zombie apocalypse at this point, the TV show seems to be picking up or somewhat following that novel a little bit more, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. I do. Because, um, yeah, you, and that was the problem you had with the novel, is that it's not really the rise of the governor. No. he didn't rise to power in the book. Right. He just he just showed up. He showed up. It's the, the arrival of the governor. Yes. And my other problem was the next novel is called The Road to Woodbury, which is what the first novel should have been called. The Road to Woodbury and now The Rise of the Governor. But I don't know why they're titling it that way. We'll read the second book when it comes out in October and find out. Right. Anyhow, I think David Morrissey is uh, going to do something extremely interesting with the governor's character here. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Him and, of course, the writers and everybody involved. Mm -hmm. But uh, we get to see some of the horrific stuff that makes him who he is, which, now that I think about it, could involve his daughter Penny. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'm going to say about that. It's going to be very fun to watch no matter what. So, next item in the news, Dallas Roberts. Have you heard of this guy? I have not. He is cast as a new character whose name is Milton. I have heard of Milton. Ontario, the town. Well, that and uh, isn't, uh, no, it's Millhouse that's in The Simpsons, sorry. Yeah, totally different. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just so we, we get an idea of who Dallas Roberts is, he had a recurring role on The Good Wife. Have you seen that? Uh, I watched uh, most of the first season. So I don't know if he was in season one, but you may so. have seen him. Yeah. He was on Rubicon, another yeah. AMC show that's now canceled and I did not watch. I did watch the first half, but we kept falling asleep during it. So I'm not sure if I would recognize him. I think he was on many of those episodes. So you probably saw him. He was in the L Word. Didn't see it? Nope. Walk the Line. He was in Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash movie. Yeah, never watched it. Meant to. Have it. Good movie. On the, on the list of things to watch someday. 310 to Yuma. Uh, the remake? Yes, the remake. <laughs> Not the 1950s? No, 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 the one from a few years back. Right. I've seen that movie. Don't remember him in it. He was in the t- Notorious Betty Page. I've seen that one. I've seen that too. I don't remember him though. I don't remember that. <laughs> okay, so Dallas Roberts is probably, he, I mean, I guess he's a character actor that's been around for a while. You know, we've we've all seen him in things, but nobody knows who he is. But that is going to change soon because he is playing Milton on The Walking Dead, which has a lot of eyeballs on it, and uh, it's at least going <laughs> to introduce him to us. Oh, I recognize him now. I'm just going through the pictures on uh, IMDb. Well, okay. Okay. No, I know who he is. Okay. Do you think uh, you think he's going to be a good Milton? I think he's going <laughs> to play a fantastic Milton. <laughs> Why not, really? Yeah. I think he would make a horrible <clears throat> Millhouse. Oh, probably. Yeah. So Robert Kirkman had this to say, Milton is the details guy. He's the guy that works with the governor who is monitoring all situations and is trying to help the governor make sense of this world that they're living in. 
He's not exactly a scientist, but he's a smart guy that is trying to find out how zombies behave. Watching him do his little experiments is going to be a lot of fun. He's a scientician. He's a scientician. Yeah, he's the guy behind the guy. That's right. He's exactly, and he's a bit of a right hand, right hand, right hand man guy. Right hand, right hand, (laughs) right hand man man is what I was going to say. He probably has a right hand. He probably does. Yeah. Uh, So watching him do his little experiments is going to be a lot of fun. So do you think we're going to get some comedic moments here where he's lining up zombies and knocking them down like bowling pins and stuff like that? Uh, Holy cow, do I hope not. Yeah, I know. I I really hope not. But who knows? Maybe he'll be, maybe he's, he's a bit of a, you know, doctor, not really a scientist, but maybe he can cut them open and look at their brains. And Well, we might see some zombies tied down, you know, vivisected with their uh, chest carved open and splayed out and looking at the organs and stuff. We might see a head in a jar somewhere, snapping at things. That'd uh, be people, cool. People going by. Yeah. So I think we could uh, see some stuff like that, but I don't know if it's, we're going to see comic relief kind of way. I think we're going to see some twisted things. Twisted things. Yeah, I, that's probably better than comic relief. Yeah, bowling pins, I'm not sure. Zombie bowling, bad. Zombie swimming races, bad. Zombies <laughs> fighting in a ring, maybe okay. Yeah, that I'm, we might see that. Might go, that. might go there. Glenn Mazzara about Milton had this to say. He said, in Milton, we will see an example of someone finding a way to make himself useful, even if he is not necessarily a physically imposing presence. We were examining how do people survive in this apocalyptic world and what can people contribute. We didn't think it was plausible that every single character we meet is an efficient zombie killer. We wanted to show how other people survive, and Dallas has come in and helped us establish that character. He just adds a lot of heart and humanity to Woodbury, which further complicates what that is. This is a real town with real people and uh, real survivors. It's not necessarily a group of bad guys. Hmm. So... What I think we're, we, I can take away from that is, A, he's probably going to die. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Or B, um, there will be some dissent among the governor's ranks and or people on the governor's side who maybe don't necessarily all go along with his sort of mentality. Right. And, you know, who knows what they might do to help or hinder the governor's progress or Rick and the clan's progress. We have, we're going to have lots of subplots, I think. <laughs> Probably many, <laughs> many subplots. Right. More than we've had in the past. And maybe even a couple of flashbacks. I don't know if we're going to do flashbacks. We had flashbacks in season two. I know. It's funny because Mazzara a few times has said that he doesn't like flashbacks. And he thinks you don't need to necessarily go back and show things that happened in the past to enhance what you're looking at now. You should be able to show something happening now that's just fine on its own. Right. We get a flash forward, maybe? <laughs> or a flash sideways? Or a sideways. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't think they're going to follow the lost formula. No. <laughs> um, anyhow, Dallas Roberts cast as Milton. Uh, he sounds you know, like he might be an interesting character and sounds like a good candidate for another one of our actor spotlights. Oh, yeah. I believe we will wait until after the first half of season one to do that, though. We'll do it during the hiatus. I would watch, uh, I would watch pretty much any of this stuff. For sure. Walk the Line, I haven't seen. 310 to Yuma, I'd watch again. And Notorious Betty Page, I'd definitely watch again. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and there's lots more stuff that he's been in, too. He's been acting for a while, so we have a the good The Gray, selection. from what uh, IMDb tells me. 
Oh, the the Liam Neeson movie? Yeah. Well, well I want to watch that anyway. That's on my list anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. So during the hiatus over Christmas and the winter, we will look at doing a Walking Dead actor spotlight on Dallas Roberts, assuming he makes it past like the first episode. Let's just say that. If he dies in okay. his, his first scene, we're not going to probably go back and examine him. Well, we did a, a Walker, uh, an actor spotlight on Herschel, and uh, he's going to die in the cold open. <laughs> I know you called that, didn't you? <laughs> I'm sticking to it. All right. Well, we'll talk about him in a minute. Right now, though, I want to talk about John Bernthal and Norman Reedus at Fan Expo in Toronto. Cool. Now, being from Toronto and currently living there, you and I, mm-hmm. more or less. I'm not from Toronto, but I, and I, uh, neither do I currently live there, to be quite <laughs> frank. Okay. But you live pretty close. 20 years. I spent 20 years in Toronto. There you go. You would think that one or both of us would be able to make it down to Fan Expo, which I have done in the past. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, things just didn't work out for me this year, and nope. I couldn't go. Me neither. Which is kind of a bummer, because these two guys were there, and they did a panel together, and it sounds like it was a fun, if not kind of strange experience. Um, what I read, and this comes from comicbookresources.com, is that Redis was sort of acting crazy the whole time, and uh, he was a little off his rocker throughout. Yeah. Which, for a guy like him, sounds like it could be pretty entertaining. It could be. Was he medicated in any way? I do not know that. Self-medicated or prescription medications? or I don't know. I don't know. But here's, here's what I read in the article. Um, so at one point, he took the microphone and started making music with it and taking it apart. Which well, yeah, sounds a it was weird. probably an SM58. You can just unscrew the top of those things. Well, I know you can unscrew the top of the mic I'm using right now, but why would you do that when you're at a uh, a convention talking into the mic that you need to use? What if you need to take an SM58 and you need to turn it into an SM57? What do you do? You take the pop filter off. That's true, and it's skinnier. So maybe he needed uh, an, an SM57 for some reason. Well, maybe he did. Those are popular microphones, everybody out there, in case you're wondering. (laughs) A little bit of inside baseball right there. Yeah. At one point, he was asked about his acting technique and responded with, I don't know anything about acting technique. I got drunk at a party and started yelling at people. That's how I got started as an actor. (laughs) Well, (laughs) why not? Really? I'm not sure if that's just, you know, pointing to the reason that he was acting kind of wacky. Yeah. Maybe maybe he sees it as a bit of a party. I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. It's a, it's a kind of a funny funny answer to the question. When asked what he'd miss the most in the real zombie apocalypse, he answered South Park. <laughs> what I'm getting at here is he kind of just, in, on one hand, he sort of didn't seem to be taking it seriously, but then on, I also sort of think, why why would he? Right. You know, he's he's just there to have a good time and interact with the fans, right? Mm-hmm. And be entertaining, and it sounds like he was. There you go. Um, apparently the one moment that he got serious is when he was talking about Chandler Riggs and he said, some of the best acting in season three is coming from this kid. He's amazing. He's one of my favorite characters right now. He's always been great, but he stepped it up even more this season. Outstanding. So that's good. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think Chandler has done a fine job with his limited role on the show. Absolutely. You know, he kind of comes and goes a bit, and people, of course, complain that he never stays in the house and nobody ever knows what he's doing. That's his mom's fault and his dad's fault. That's not his fault. It's true. It's true. I mean, if if if, there, if nobody's paying attention to him, your kids are going to wander off and find stuff to do. Find a gun? <laughs> yeah. If you're not watching, somebody's going to you know, wander around and eventually pick up a gun. And Yeah, exactly. And what do you do when you pick up a gun? You want to shoot something. <laughs> yes, and he... 
didn't shoot the zombie. No. <laughs> but he thought about it. He, he did. thought about it. Yeah. So it's cool to hear that he's going to be a bigger part of season three and he's good. It would suck if he's a bigger part and he's no good. Right. It would suck. We will hopefully. <laughs> I don't think that that's going to be the case in any way, though. Yeah. Redis has said this. I think um, uh, Lori, um, Sarah Wayne Callies has, mm-hmm. has you know, talked up how good he is. So I think we might be in for something special with Chandler Riggs in season three. That'd be great. We should get him on the show. Mm -hmm. We should. Chandler, if you're listening, we'd like you to come on and tell us how good you are in season three. (laughs) That's hard to do. I'm not joking. I really want him to come on. No, but talking about yourself and how good you are is a very difficult thing to do. You know what he can do then? He can come on the show and talk about how good everybody else is. That'd be great. That'd work for Or, you know, perform a monologue. That'd be fine, too. That'd be really good, You know, I'll pick something uh, Shakespearean. I don't care. Chandler Riggs doing Macbeth. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, the play is not a monologue, but I'm sure there's a couple of monologues in there. Yeah, that's what I mean. Doing damn spot. Chandler Riggs as Lady Macbeth. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So there you go. Next item. And here's where we talk about Scott Wilson a little bit more. Oh, yeah. So he's been charged with driving under the influence of alcohol. This happened a couple of weeks ago. The news came out. He was pulled over by Peachtree City Police at 2 a.m. on August 18th. According to the incident report, the officer said he observed Wilson driving a black PT cruiser northbound on GA-74. That's probably Georgia-74. Probably. Uh, That's the interstate number. At about 70 miles per hour. That's fast, right? Which he wrote is well above the posted speed limit. The posted speed limit was probably 55 or 60 miles per hour. What's uh, what's 70 in KPH there? I don't know. A little over 100, I think. To be quite honest, it's probably not that fast. One. 20, 118? Uh, Come on, man. No, it's not MPG. Damn it. (laughs) While you're looking that up, the officer reported Wilson initially said his last name was Miller, but later said Miller was his mother's maiden name. 112. 112. So I'll I'll be honest with you, that's not that fast. It's not that fast. However, it is over the posted speed limit. Now, I don't know. Just a brief aside here. Most Canadian highways, the big ones, are 100 kilometers an hour limit. Yes. Um, Some of them in the prairies are 120 because they're straight and flat and you just can't, you can't go, 100 feels like you're not even moving. Right. Um, Most secondary highways in this city have a posted speed limit of 90 kilometers per hour. Right. Or in uh, most highways like uh, non-freeways. yeah. It's like two-lane highways are 80 kilometers an hour. Are 80. Some of them are 90. Going through towns, it goes down to 50. Right. That's the way it works here. Um, where was I going with this? I don't know. You uh, were talking about uh, <laughs> 55 is 88 kilometers an hour. Right. So the the driving I've done in the States, many of those roads are 55-mile-per-hour roads or 60. So it feels really slow to us. It does. Right? Because we drive at least 100, often, you know— a little faster than Realistically, that. the highways are in and around Toronto uh, are traveled at around between 110 and 120 kilometers an hour. Generally. Well, yeah. So, because, and I, you know, I'm a relatively new driver, and I'll max out at about 110, where I feel comfortable. And people pass me <clears throat> regularly, like almost everybody. It's rare that I see anybody going 110. Yes. Nobody drives that slow. Which is 68 miles an hour. Right. Okay. I'm I'm like you, but I've been known to go a little faster than that. Well, yeah, once I get more comfortable on the road and, you know, I still <laughs> only have my G2 license. 
Whatever that means. That's a graduated licensing system in Ontario. I don't have my full license yet. I still have to do one more highway test. You're a 40-year-old man, and That's you're right. just getting your driver's license. You're darn right. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so a breathalyzer test at the scene with Mr. Uh, Wilson returned a result of 0.143, which was above the legal limit of 0.08. Which is what it is in Canada as well. Uh, Canada or Ontario? Uh, you got me there. All right. So at least where we live in Canada, 0.08. Now, the next thing here, I don't want to – in no way is drinking and driving funny. I don't want to imply that at all. However, no however, drunk people sometimes are funny. And this next thing I find sort of hilarious. <laughs> so after failing the field sobriety tests, Wilson complained that the roadside was too slanted and asked the officer if he could instead perform some <laughs> yoga moves. Nice. <laughs> Drinking, driving. The world's not- moving too much. Can you? Uh, can I do something else there? <laughs> can I just sit down and do a do a downward facing dog or a bridge or something like that? Yeah, I, I'm fine. I couldn't do yoga if I was drunk. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, drinking and driving is extremely uncool, and I think you know anyone that that that. Well, he should lose his license. I I believe I firmly believe that anybody who gets uh, pulled over for drinking and driving should lose their license. Period. Forever, forever. That's that sounds harsh, but it's not actually all that bad an idea. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, some of the slap on the wrist that people get, or the second chances people get, seem a little bit, uh, I don't know, weak a punishment. Yeah. For the crime, especially if if some sort of injury or death was involved. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a big difference between, uh, you know, in, as far as the law is concerned, there's a big difference between uh, a DUI getting stopped and being over the legal limit and being over the legal limit and killing somebody. Wow. Right. And it's that killing somebody part where they kind of really take the matter seriously, I feel. Right. When uh, they shouldn't. It should be the drinking and driving part that, uh, well, not that, you know, killing somebody isn't no, serious. it's but, serious. But, uh, you know, you get caught drinking and driving, you should lose your license. You should not be allowed to drive anymore. Yeah, maybe not forever, but you at least need to learn your lesson somehow, yeah. right? Um, so anyway, so that's that's not funny, and he should be, you know, punished appropriately. But I think saying the road is too slanted and asking if he could do yoga, that is funny. And well, I, yeah. And I kind of wish that was on video somewhere. It probably is. It might be. Yeah, I mean they they have uh, you know dashboard cameras in all the police cars nowadays. Yes, they do with audio mics on the uh, on the actual officers. Well, maybe this will come out. What what's going to uh, take for know. this video to be released? He is a famous person, so it uh, it might come out. So I've got his uh, mugshot here up on the computer in front of us. He kind of looks like Santa Claus. <sighs> He does. He's got the white beard. He's got the white hair. The very, beard is connected to the hair. Very sad Santa Claus. Receding hairline. A very sad Santa Claus. <laughs> that's that's what Santa's mugshot would be like if he got caught drinking and driving, which he does, by the way. People leave out whiskey for that man every Christmas Eve. He's probably wicked loaded by the time he gets home. Don't people leave out milk and cookies? They do, but... Uh, well, not when I was a kid. We used to leave out scotch. <laughs> well, I, w- I want to be Santa in your house in, in then. cookies. And I'm sure that if uh, we left out scotch, somebody else left out scotch. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Santa would be pretty hammered by the time he got home to Mrs. Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Just she, saying. She knows he's coming and yeah. she knows he's going to be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, there's Herschel. If you want to see his mugshot, I don't know. Go search it. I don't think I'm going to post this on the page because... 
the poor guy doesn't need his mugshot. It's already out there. If you want to see it, you can go find it. Yeah. He he does look kind of like a sad Santa. Someone needs, I, I'm going to say right now, someone needs to Photoshop a Santa hat on his head. <laughs> Again, drinking and driving, not funny. Scott Wilson with a Santa hat, sort of funny. Mugshot. He looks very sad. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Um, He's probably dead anyway on the show. So, well, at this point, yeah, I think he might he might be done filming already. So he's also he's seventy years old. This is not the first time he's you know driven well drunk. What are you saying? Everybody does eventually. No, I'm saying that if you do it once and when you're seventy, you probably have done it a few times when you're younger. Uh, you're probably right about that. I don't know if I'd say that in general, but maybe, but maybe. No matter what, he shouldn't do it anyway. No. All right. AMC. Do you remember when they did that thing in New York uh, last month where they, they set the zombies out to frighten people and uh, yep. and drag dishes around, satellite dishes, to, yep. to make it known about yeah, their feelings about dish? Yeah, and I called it comedic terrorism. <clears throat> comedic terrorism. Our whole episode was, um, was titled that. Yeah. So they've continued their reign of comedic terrorism with a zombie for president. So here's the website right here. He's dead right. You've been wronged. That is his slogan. And I think what they did is they are sending a zombie, a period zombie, mm-hmm. to the Republican and Democratic convention or conventions around the U.S. So he's going on tour, and he essentially has a single message, and that is, well, I don't even know what that is, but paid for by citizens who want zombies back on dish. so that's kind of what it is committed to equal viewing opportunities for all if you go to a zombie you can watch the video and see what they're doing um he'll be in san diego dallas tampa florida atlanta georgia charlotte north carolina and new york and uh here's some of his here are some of his uh campaign promises on jobs I'll strive to increase America's workforce, even if it kills me again. (laughs) That's not funny. Don't laugh. On health issues, I am pro-zombie care. Don't be caught dead without it. Uh, On foreign policy, until we solve the zombie viewing crisis here in America, there's no need to think about foreign policy. There you go. Um, On the economy, the average American family has a lot on its plate. But frankly, nothing good on its dish. <laughs> that one I like. There you go. <laughs> that one I like. So, um, yeah, this is kind of funny. I mean, AMC seems to be really going out of their way to... Antagonize? Antagonize or just... I guess they feel like they're getting the message out there, you know, that you know we're not on dish and we need to be or... You poor people who use Dish can't watch us, so... We'll show you if you don't keep us on Dish. Yeah, we'll do crazy stuff like this more and more. That's right. So... Want to make it stop? Eh? <laughs> That's right. It's extortion. The link on the azombieforpresident.com for click here to learn more goes over to keepamcnetworks.com slash switch, which is their Dish customers, you have lost all these shows website. Right. So... You know, it's funny. They have a picture of a big bus on the site. I don't know. If that bus actually exists, that might be sort of hilarious. I don't know. It'd be kind of hilarious. It'd be more funny if they had like an Oscar Meyer Oscar Meyer Wiener truck. <laughs> but Oscar. like in the shape shape of a zombie instead, <laughs> instead of just a painted bus. Uh, sure, why not? 
A whole a whole truck in the shape of a zombie head? Yeah, something. Just, uh, you know, put together, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm sure they could come up with something, but it would, you know, it would cost a lot of money. Sure. But, but that but sucker thing, would get attention. This thing probably costs a lot of money anyways. Those buses aren't cheap. Well, they rent the bus, and then they paint the bus, and then they go out and drive the bus. Hire this dude. He I, probably doesn't cost much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Do you think so, he talks? Do you think he gets in front of a microphone and actually says stuff? Uh, if so, and they don't, then they don't. That's breaking character. Yeah, kind of. But if they don't, if they don't post videos of him at actual um, uh, political conventions, what's the point? Exactly. I want to. I want to see this stuff. Um, okay, a couple more items in the news before we move on. All right. There have there was another deleted scene from season two released. Okay. Now, it came out before the DVD and Blu-ray of Season 2 did, but I have a feeling it is from that set, right. which we're going to talk about more next week. Uh, so, I don't know if you've seen this one, but... I have, yes. Okay, cool. But it's... So, what happens is, it looks like our group gets into the Vatos compound and finds everybody dead, killed by living people, not by zombies. Mm-hmm. So... As far as I can tell, the scene we talked about in the last podcast where they're outside the Vatos and they have to shoot and attack the zombies that are coming at them, they probably clear that clear out that area and then move inside and then we get this. Right. All of this was of course deleted from the premiere and this whole storyline was gone. Yep. So, uh what happens is they go in, Andrea says something about everybody being overrun and then Daryl goes on a bit of a rant about no, if you look these people were attacked by living. They're all headshots. They these they weren't killed by zombies, by right. walkers. <clears throat> I didn't like it that much. What did you think about this scene? Uh, I thought it was kind of weak, and I'm not disappointed that it was cut. This whole thing makes me feel like they made the right decision going the way they did. Oh, yeah. You know? I, I'm not disappointed this was cut at all. The, the dialogue here about being observant was I thought it was brutal. It's just terrible. That's basically Daryl uh says, you know, oh fuck, I, I can't remember it right now, but Andrea goes observant, a big word for a guy like you, three whole syllables. And then he does his little rant and says, get a dictionary, look it up, observant, and points at his head. Because he's the one who notices that everyone got shot in the head. Yeah, that's just filler and they probably knew it would be cut anyway. So it's like, yeah, that's kinda weak, but we'll shoot it. What are you going to do? Yeah, I guess. The thing I didn't like about it, of course, is that dialogue, but also it's the kind of scene that's telling you something instead of showing you something. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before. It's better to show us stuff that you know portrays ideas and concepts rather than to spell it out for us like this. It's yep. the lazy way of doing things. And I think it's important to do it that way, and I think it's good that this got cut because it doesn't make any sense. There you go. So interesting, I'm, though. I'm kind of surprised it made it to a uh, deleted scene as well. Hmm. Like they take stuff. Usually, it's uh, it's the stuff that you know that uh, is very difficult to cut. It's just like, oh, we got to cut something, but everything I like it all so much. And this scene here that we got to cut, it's just you know, it's sad that that got cut. Ah, well, I'll feel a little bit better if we throw it on the deleted scenes. <laughs> Whereas you know, the garbage, they go, yeah, that's pretty crappy. Well, that's it. If it's really truly garbage, they they just don't bother. I guess no one ever sees that, right? Yeah. Drag to trash, delete. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, but you know, I wonder if there was even more sort of turmoil during the beginning of season two than we've, we've ever known. Cause they clearly shot quite a bit of stuff and had a whole different direction that they were going to go in. 
um, that they abandoned, right? right? Yeah. So I I think there might have been sort of it, – it was probably a tense time making this show back then when Darabont was leaving and, and people were just all confused and no one knew what was going on. Right, right, right. Um, okay, finally in the news, The Walking Dead Book Club, more or less, on avclub.com, which is a great website for movie, TV, book news, all that kind of stuff. Listener Aaron sent this in, so I'd just like to thank him because I didn't know about it otherwise. What they're doing on avclub.com is they're reading the um, trade paperbacks for The Walking Dead, at least the first four, right. one <clears throat> per week, and then they have a column on each one kind of discussing it with a couple of their writers. So uh, Tuesday, August 28th, last week, they did the first one. Um, it's what they wrote. It's a weekly crosstalk-style column where two AV Club writers uh, read the comic series one trade collection at a time and discuss one arc each week. We're starting with The Walking Dead Days Gone By, the series' first trade paperback, which is issues one to six. The plan is to cover the first four trades, or depending on your edition, the first two hardcovers or the first deluxe hardcover <laughs> in four columns over the next month. Um, the next one will be tomorrow, I believe, the 4th of September, and there's still two more after that. So you've lots of time to participate in that. And it sounds like it's going to be pretty cool. That does sound like a great idea. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, in some ways, it's sort of like what we do here about the TV show when it's on, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, detailed interesting analysis of the comic which is cool too so yeah, yeah. go over to avclub.com and uh check that out because it might be sort of fun to participate there i may do that myself mm -hmm. i haven't read all of the first one yet but it was long so there's looks like there's interesting stuff there and a lot of good uh possibility for discussion mm -hmm. all righty we will take a quick break now and when we come back, we have all kinds of good listener feedback that I've been piling up over the last little while. Cool, so cool, cool. Please stick around and stay tuned for that. I don't know what color your eyes are, babe, but your hair is long and brown. Your legs are strong and just so, so long, and you don't come from this town. My head is full of magic, babe, and I can't share this with you. For you, the listeners of The Talking Dead, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Jason, what book are you going to recommend for everyone this week? You know, I'm going to recommend a book that I'm listening to right now that actually was originally recommended to me by a friend of the show, Dave. Oh, a friend of the show, Dave. I had asked him uh, a long time ago now, uh, how, you know, there are so many Star Wars books, novels out there. Where the hell do you start? Yeah, right. and he's read many of them. Exactly, and so he just said, uh, "Heir to the Empire, the Thrawn trilogy, book one." So I, I actually have it in three formats now. I bought it on my Kindle. I actually have a paperback, and now I bought it on Audible. And I'm listening to it on Audible, and I absolutely love it. So Star Wars, Heir to the Empire, the Thrawn trilogy, book one, and it has uh, sound effects in the background, like oh. they actually have the droid. Uh, you know, R2's sound, and they have blaster fire and, and uh, 
what do you call those things? Lightsabers and all kinds of... <laughs> yes, the key, one of the key things in the wow. Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, they have all kinds of uh, <laughs> sound effects and music and various such things. Like when they're on uh, uh, Dagobah, you have all the, uh, the the background noise from, from Dagobah and all the crickets and various such things. That's cool. I've actually read this book. And, you know, talking about it now or thinking about it, I don't really think I remember it all that well, so... I think I'm going to look it up on Audible. I think you should. So, uh, yeah, uh, Thrawn Trilogy, book one by Timothy Zahn, read by Mark Thompson, and comes in at 13 hours, 10 minutes. Very cool. To download your free audiobook right now, go to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash talkingdead for your free audiobook. Listener feedback. All righty. We got great listener feedback this week. We're going to start with a series of calls. The first one comes from Sean in Vancouver. Hi, Chris and Jason. It's Sean calling from Vancouver. Um, I was listening to one of your podcasts recently, and you were talking about a mistake in the uh, comic book about Michonne's pets and how they magically regrow their arms. Um, I also noticed... Perhaps it's an error in um, the TV show in that in the last episode, Michonne has a katana with a black handle called a tsuka. Uh, And in the preview for the upcoming season, season three, um, her katana now has a white handle, a completely different sword, I believe. It could be that they just changed the swords because the white one is a bit more exotic. could be an error, or maybe it'll be explained in the show how she happens to get a new sword but i thought it was interesting that it's two different swords all right so we noticed the arm error in the comic book and it looks like we've got a different sword from season one or season two to season three Mm -hmm. for michonne i'm gonna i'm gonna say that well here's what i think i think it probably is a different sword they shot the scene with michonne from season two months ago of course yeah and I think maybe the prop has likely just changed. Whether you consider that an error or or not, maybe up to you. But uh, I don't know. It could be that she just retaped the handle or something like that. Well, yeah, I don't know if you re- can retape the handle. I think uh, you know my. Come on, you can retape a hockey stick. Why can't you retape a katana? <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. It has nothing to do with the balance of the weight or anything like Come that. Come on, hey, hockey sticks need to be balanced and weighted right too. That's that's true. Do you think it's really as touchy as, uh, say, a, a you know a katana for swordplay? I don't know. Pro- professional hockey player might tell you it is. Oh yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I figure she showed up at Woodbury and they had a, a katana handle dyeing kit in the uh, hardware store. <clears throat> uh, I don't see why not. Yeah, that's a good a- explanation. Or a bleaching or... kit if they just went from they went from, did it go from black to white or white to black? I, I think it went black to white. Okay, that would yeah it would be a bleaching kit then I guess. Yes, she bleached it. Or, or you know what? There's a katana enthusiast in Woodbury, and she's upgraded her sword. Or maybe, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Sean seemed to indicate that it's a different type of sword. The color may or may not indicate the type. I'm not a katana expert, um, but 
I don't know if a black to white is an upgrade or a downgrade. I'm going to go with upgrade, though. Yeah, I don't think it really has anything to do on the style of that. It's not like there's one company making katanas that have uh, that, that says, okay, a white one is a level four katana, whereas a black a black handled one is a level three. And how much damage does each do? Yeah, well, you know, plus you know, two d eight. I would think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, katanas are pretty badass weapons. Yeah, the only other explanation I can think of is that she got into a really tight uh, scrape, and the katana was so scared that it, its hair turned white. <laughs> it went from katana the gray to katana the white. That's right. Oh well, yeah, you could have uh, could have gone the whole Gandalf thing, though. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, okay. <laughs> they you know she yelled, "You shall not pass," and then she fell into the the big abyss with the Balrog, and they had a big fight and. The katana, the katana came out white. The katana went away for a long time and was sent back to Earth because its job was not done yet, and uh, it was katana the white. I, that's the explanation I'm going with. All right, yeah. There you go. Look at that, an explanation from Jason involving D&D, Lord of the Rings, and it didn't have anything to do with the lich and the dinosaurs. That's true. That's very true. All right, Brooke from Ohio called in with a few different topics, uh, and here's what she had to say. Hey guys, uh, I'm Brooke from Ohio, and I was listening to number 84, I believe, and I wanted to give you guys my input on a couple of subjects you guys were touching on. Uh, you guys were saying, or discussing, whether or not Andrea was sick. I could go either way with this. I think there's some things that saying that she was sick, and others that doesn't necessarily mean she was. If she is, I think there's a possibility that she might die this season then, because... She could think that she had one thing, not have the proper medicine or care or whatever, and she could possibly die from it. You guys were also discussing whether or not Herschel was dead because there was a scene in uh, the advertisement that Beth and Lori was looking down, bloody, with shocked expressions on their faces. I don't think Herschel's dead or is at least going to die in the beginning of the season. You see them leaving the prison, and Herschel is in the line with them. You guys were talking in a previous podcast quite a few episodes ago with Emily Kenny, and you guys were discussing how Beth kind of seemed sheltered. And I think there could have just been a walker there or something, or, you know, someone maybe that she knew that had turned into a walker or something, and I think she was just a little shocked from that. You guys were also talking about Daryl becoming a zombie because of a scene from uh, the advertisement as well. I hope that's not the case because Daryl is one of my favorite characters and I would be very upset if he died. <laughs> and uh, I, I agree with you guys saying that uh, that it, they wouldn't give something that big away. And But I also think that what you guys are saying about it could have been a mistake. That could also be a possibility. But I really hope that's not the case. I love you guys' podcast and keep up the good work. Bye. Okay, thanks, Brooke. So, um, Andrea being sick, we never really considered the possibility that Andrea will die this season. That's true. That's because I don't think she will. No, I, uh, I don't. Well, I didn't either. But when you think about it, when you start putting it all together, you know, she in some ways has become more of a background character in the show. I'm not saying she's completely a background character to the extent that, say, Beth was, right. you know, in the season two but more so than in the comic. She's always been very important and prominent in the comic. Um, but in the show, she's in some ways had a little bit less to do. Now, you could argue that with almost anybody, I think, in the TV show, except maybe for Rick. Um, but if they're going to change it up, why not kill Andrea off? That's true. You know, she might get sick and, and not make it. Now, that being the case, we do have scenes of her... 
um, walking around Woodbury, and it looks like she's recovered okay. And yep. frankly, we don't even know if she is actually sick yet. We're just sort of speculating that too. But you know, you never know what's going to happen. I think you never an, do. I think it's an interesting concept right there. So on uh, Herschel dying, I'm still going with Herschel being killed off. You're still going with him being killed off in the cold open. That's correct. Yep. <laughs> we need to have some sort of wager here. Sure. What do you want to bet? I don't know. You uh, five thousand dollars. <laughs> five thousand dollars. Five thousand bucks on Herschel dying in the cold <laughs> no, open. No, no, no. Deal. <laughs> no, no. Nine, nine, nine. No way. <laughs> um, finally, Daryl being a zombie. We, I, I think we determined that that's not actually Daryl in the in the trailer. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Although it does look like him, and I don't want Daryl to be a zombie either, frankly, because he's an awesome character. Mm-hmm. But hey, maybe that's why they would do it just to piss everybody off. That's right. That's what they want to do. They want to piss off their audience. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. <laughs> Come on, they kill people off just to get a reaction. That's true. You know. Okay. David from New York. Now, this is something we talked about last uh, episode, and we did um, read a, a, an email from someone about the no prize, the Marvel no prize. Mm-hmm. David writes in with something a little bit closer to my recollection of the no prize, so that's why I'm playing this. Hey, guys. This is David from Syracuse, New York. I was just listening to episode 84 of your podcast, and I just wanted to clarify something. The prize that was in the X-Men Comics letter page was called the No Prize. It was no actual prize, but it was just something you could brag to your friends about saying, I won a No Prize by being able to point out like a continuity. Or they also gave the No Prize out if you could explain a gap in continuity. Like why, why we never saw a bathroom in the X-Men mansion, or why Wolverine's costume suddenly changed one day or why someone's hair length or color would be drastically different from one panel to the next. I just want to clarify that with you, um, but I think your podcast is awesome, and I hope you guys keep making these for years to come. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you, David. So last week on the show, we had a listener write in and explain that the no prize actually was a piece of paper signed by Stan Lee. Right. But my recollection is that the no prize was just that, no prize, and you could brag to your friends about having your your name in the in the letters section at the end of the comic. Right. But there was no prize. No prize. So, um, yeah, that's it. I suppose we could probably definitively go online and look this up, but it's way more fun to just <laughs> throw out wild theories and have our listeners Absolutely. Uh, write and call in the answers. Yeah, so yeah. thank you, David. Finally, Carl in the UK. Um, this is, again, another question that we've already had answered, and it is related to how you pronounce the last letter of the alphabet in the UK. Right. But Carl does something kind of cool in his uh, message here, so I'm going to play it. Yeah, hi, guys. It's Carl in Birmingham. Um, I'm a couple of episodes behind, so you've probably already had the answer to this one. Uh, but, you know, I never say no to a challenge. Um, what, uh, how do we pronounce that letter in, uh, in the UK? <laughs> well, I'm going to put you out your misery by uh, showing off and doing the alphabet backwards. Thank you, Carl. Now, it just occurred to me right now that there's no reason to believe that he actually didn't just write those down and then read them backwards. But I'm going to assume Carl is a good, upstanding man and can actually do the alphabet backwards. That's awesome. So that was kind of fun. I think it rhymes better backwards than it does forward. (laughs) Do you want to hear it again? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You got it right there? I can do it again, uh, I think. 
Let's see if I go back here. I don't want to do the whole thing. Uh, how do we pronounce that letter in uh, in the UK? Well, I'm going to put you out of your misery by uh, showing off and doing the alphabet backwards. So it's uh, ZYXWV UTS RQP OLM LKJ IHG FED CBA. See you later, guys. Sounds like more of a haiku. It it kind of rhymes a little bit better. It doesn't have quite the the meter? structure, the meter of it, but no. uh, but I can see the rhyming in there. No, I like it a lot better actually. All right, from now on, zo- the zombie alphabet goes backwards. The zombie alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll call that. The backwards alphabet is the zombie there you alphabet. Go. Uh, I like it. And to, to remind everyone, they pronounce Z in the UK. That's right. Like us. Okay. The correct way. That's, you said that. <laughs> so Dale in Maryland wrote in on whether Robert Kirkman is a jerk. And the more I thought about this, this could probably a ho- be a whole segment topic for this podcast, but let's do it right here. Dale writes, guys, I really enjoy the show. I was especially interested in your discussion of the lawsuit between Moore and Kirkman. Given what I have seen of Mr. Kirkman, I can see him taking advantage of Mr. Moore. Please let me know if you share my observations. Specifically, number one, all of Kirkman's comics comments on AMC's Talking Dead TV show offer very little substance. And two, Worse yet is the commentary that Kirkman offers on the Season 1 DVD. While I find all of the other episode commentaries as insightful and entertaining, Kirkman's offering was neither. He comes off as a jerk. No insight, no nothing. Just a rambling a-hole. A total waste of time. Kirkman continues to show contempt for his audience. It would follow that he would stick it to Moore. What do you think? Am I being too hard on poor Mr. Kirkman? So... I'm going to start with point number one about his comments on AMC's Talking Dead show being of little substance. That is to be expected, Yeah. first of all. AMC produces that show. They're not going to give away anything interesting or anything actually, you know, spoilerish on that show. So Kirkman's hands are tied to a certain extent there. He can't really say anything. Now, that doesn't mean he can't say interesting things, and I kind of agree with Dale that you don't get much out of him on that show. Right. And I've seen every episode with him and without him. <laughs> you don't get much <laughs> out of anybody on that show. Well, yeah. Except occasionally the guests they have that are unrelated, the comedians. Occasionally one of them has something or brings up something that at least everyone in the audience is thinking, you know? Whereas when you get Glenn Mazzara, Robert Kirkman, or the actors, they don't do that. They just they no. just give non-answers to everything. Well, they're not, why would they give an, an answer? You know, their jobs are on the line if they go way off script. Well, totally. But I, I'm convinced there is a way, though, to have an interesting conversation without giving stuff away. Not in the format of that show. Well, maybe not in the format of that show. That's, that's a good point. Well, first of all, you have too many guests to get in-depth into anything. And it's too short. It's too short. You have too many topics. You need to really kind of uh, focus in on something. It's basically if you have one guest, half an hour, one topic, maybe you can get into... Uh, and a proper interview. Yes. Right? And a proper interview. Chris Hardwick... Funny guy, but but not a proper interviewer, in my opinion. Well, no, and I don't think the, the show is not an interview show. It's just a it's the whole show is based around the concept that we brought to the table called "Holy crap, did you see that?" Right. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> just putting it out there <laughs> because they get up there and Hardwick goes. Holy crap, did you see that? Holy crap, did you see this? Oh my god, that happened! And then they they. <laughs> 
don't really talk about it. Look, zombies. What do you think? Yeah. I think they're zombies. Okay, yeah, you. <laughs> I also think they're zombies. Okay, look, more zombies. What do you think? They're the walking dead. <laughs> so um, I don't think, uh, what we're trying to say is I don't think Kirkman's personality on that really can give you much to go on based on his actual personality. Yeah. Um, now, the commentary on the DVD, on the other hand, it's kind of the same, but not really, because this is something we've all seen, and he's supposed to be talking about whatever he wants to, the production, the writing, how it came together, wh- why it is what it is. And I will confess that I don't remember listening to Robert Kirkman's um, commentary on the season one DVDs. I think I did watch some of the episodes, but I don't remember hearing him. So maybe I watched episodes that didn't have his commentary. Right. Um, but uh, if it's true how Dale here, you know, it describes it, coming off as a jerk, no insight, just a rambling a-hole, a total waste <laughs> of time, Yeah, that's not cool. I mean, Kirkman needs, as the creator, you would think he needs to give the fans something here, especially in this kind of format, don't you think? I do. And if he's not... I don't know. He may be a bit of a jerk. Um, how this all plays into his you know, feelings about the lawsuit and so on, the bottom line, I think, is he didn't initiate this lawsuit. Tony Moore did. And Kirkman is going to do whatever it takes to defend himself. That's true. I don't think we're ever going to know actually what happened. Yeah. I, I, I really don't. I think it's all a he said, she said kind of thing. Which there's, one of them is she? There's no she, but it's just kind of a he said, he said, you know, <laughs> two lawyers for two different sides of an argument come out and make wild and crazy accusations. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle, and I don't think anybody actually knows the truth. I don't think there's one truth in this uh, Frankly, in this situation. even the parties involved anymore, you know, may not really know well, the truth. They I, both have their own versions of it. So. I've had arguments with people in the past that have uh, been heated and are about topics that were of great importance, uh, nowhere near as uh, important as having you know millions of dollars on the line. Right. But uh, if they did, I can ima- if they did have that amount of money on the line, I, you can bet your bottom dollar I would have fought a little bit harder. But uh, you know, was there any truth involved? No. There was personalities and hurt feelings and uh, you know. Somebody felt uh, one way about intellectual property, and somebody felt another way about it. And you know, I've had these arguments in the past, being in a band, and uh, they're <laughs> right. not a lot of fun. And uh, there's no truth. There's just hurt and there's, anger. Yeah, there just is what there is. Yeah, if you know, it's, it's a way of saying it. But and the lawyers are in charge of putting a dollar value on it. Yeah, it's what they do. So, you know, I'm gonna say that. From everything I've seen of Robert Kirkman, I've met the man in person a couple of times, and he seems like a nice enough guy. When I was at New York Comic Con last year, you know, I met him at a couple of signings, like book signings, and at the panel he was on, and my limited time with him, he seems fine. He seemed like a great guy to talk to, um, you know, definitely sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see that in in almost any interview, though. Um, and, uh, just sort of a guy who in some ways has become extremely successful because of something he created and he knows that, but he's not against going and doing things like New York Comic Con and so on. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We don't really know what he's like in real life. It does seem in some ways though that he comes off as a bit of a prick when you look at things <clears throat> like this lawsuit and uh, I guess the DVD commentary. Yeah. 
it's too bad, really, that everything he does can't be <laughs> of great value, you know? But I guess that's true of anybody. Everything I do isn't of great value. Yeah, almost nothing of what I do is of great value. <laughs> almost. That's too bad, man. <laughs> it really is, you know? So Some things are, but not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. <laughs> Anyways, um, this is an interesting topic, I think. You know, if anyone wants to to let us know your thoughts, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or one eight six six four eight three nine six six two. I'd be interested to know what other people think about this. Yeah. You know, if if you see Robert Kirkman as just being a total dick, or if you just think he's you know, he's just a guy who's sort of got a huge thing on his hands here and he's doing the best he can. I don't know. But let's move on to Garrett from Kansas. The next three emails I've got here are Fairly spoilery. This one for the comic. So if you're not cool with that, let's uh, skip over, you know, the next little bit of the podcast. But Garrett writes in about Lori's baby and he says, I had a thought while you were talking about how the baby component in The Walking Dead could muck up the show. I think that a great way that they uh, the show could get around infanticide which you, you never want in your show, nope. would be to put in a kidnapping storyline, perhaps even tied into the governor's story, ah. possibly to replace the brutal rape-slash-beating that the governor gives Michonne in the comic, since that, too, would be difficult to get away with on TV. This is fantastic, a kidnapping storyline. Just like Lost. <laughs> well, just like a lot of other things, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. But she has the baby. Yep. The baby is with them for a short period. The governor somehow kidnaps the baby, and that's what they have to fight about. That would solve the uh, solve the problem. That would solve the problem. This could this could you know this could impact a lot of different things. It you could. know, uh, we talked about the governor's daughter earlier in this show. Oh Who yeah, knows what we could get into here with a oh, with yeah. a baby that was kidnapped. So Garrett. Good call. You should write for TV. I'm going with Garrett. <laughs> I think so, too. I think it would be awesome. I'm putting that in the probably pile. Probably pile? Yeah. Good. What pile is your uh, Herschel gets killed in the cold open in? That, that's going to happen. That's pile. the guaranteed pile? Well, there's no guaranteed pile. It's just like these are the things that are going to happen. Okay. And it's in that pile. All right, good. I can't wait to find out if that happens or not. How many piles do I have? That's the question. That is the question. More than two? Oh, yeah. Okay. The piles grow to meet my needs. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> They're very flexible piles. Yes, yes, absolutely. Some things uh, can lie on two piles at the same time. Oh, I see. Half and half. They overlap. That's right. Okay, good. Um, now that we're done with Jason's piles, Garrett, that is an awesome, awesome theory. I like that idea. Alan from Burlington wrote in, and I don't know if he means Burlington, Ontario, or Burlington, Vermont, or somewhere else, on uh, changes to a certain thing. Do you remember when we talked about something that happens in the comic and they're going to do it in the show, but it differently yes. or to a different character? Uh-huh. So here's what he's got for that. Oh, okay. You mentioned a few podcasts ago that producers have planned some changes in season three. Um, I thought that it could be that Andrea is the one that loses a hand instead of Rick. In the comic, it, it is Rick, Glenn, and Michonne that travel to Woodbury, but in the show, it is just Andrea and Michonne. The governor must do something to be the bad guy that he has made out to be, and I do not think that Michonne's story has sufficient time to be told in half of a season. So Andrea is the only one left. Losing a hand, although tricky for the show's producers to include, will make Rick and the gang hate the governor enough to begin a conflict. This does mean that Andrea does not become the sharpshooter 
and she uh, is in the com- as she is in the comic. But with Dale gone, her relationship that develops has disappeared as well. Okay, so I think that this is a great idea. I think that we can tie this into Merle uh-huh. because uh, Merle and Andrea know each other. They right? do. They yeah, because when Rick showed up at the uh, uh, the place where Andrea was in the uh, the store, everybody was on the roof, right? Okay, so they, that's where they all met. Okay, you're right. was there. So they know each other. Uh, Merle's probably pissed off at the whole group, not just Rick, right? Well, he's pissed off at everybody. He's pissed off at everybody. In retribution for that, maybe the governor gives Merle, uh, you know, carte blanche as far as payback goes, and payback is you lose a hand. Right. And I I guess Andrea is the one he knows. Yes, because he won't know Michonne, because nobody knows Michonne. Nobody knows Michonne. So this could uh, very well play into a a payback for Merle. Our listeners are so smart. They are smart. They come up with the best stuff, I'm telling you. So Andrea is going to lose a hand. She doesn't become the sharpshooter, which in fact may be happening to Carol. We saw that sort of in the trailer. She's up there fumbling around with a rifle. Yeah. You know, maybe she's learning how to use it. And... And instead, and and as and as Alan said, Dale is dead. So Andrea's character's arc is is going to be completely different, anyways. So maybe she's the one who loses the hand. She doesn't have to be in every scene like Rick does. No. Nope. So it's not as much of a special effects problem. If you lose the left hand, you can uh, you can still be a sharpshooter if you're right-handed and you lose the left hand. Because if you're in a proper sniper's nest, you've got one hand on the trigger. The other hand is uh, basically stabilizing the stock of the rifle. So right. it's it's reaching to the stock, not holding the other end of the gun up. That's right, because you don't need to. It's resting on a tripod right. or on uh, uh, some kind of uh, sandbag or what have you. But so you're, you're resting on the stock. You could easily just put your arm over there, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, losing that left hand, I don't think would really impede a, uh, a sharpshooter May- role. Maybe not, but it's got to be a little bit more difficult. Well, it would be more difficult, but I don't think it's impossible. Okay, not impossible, but I could see... This contributing to it, you oh, know, absolutely. it's like Andrea is different in the show. You know, everything's different in the show. She's going to be the one who loses the hand. We still do that storyline kind of, but it's just not to our like main lead character. Yep, I can see that. I think it's good. I think it's I'm gonna, good. And I put that on my. Uh, I would like to see that, and uh, that would be great, pile. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, what was I going to say? Oh, and I like your idea of tying in Merle too, because I hadn't thought of that. He wants payback for that hand. Yeah. Cool. Lose a hand? I'm going to take a hand. A hand for a hand. That's right. Everybody would eventually end up with no hands. Except for one that, hand. Except for that last guy. So Dan. <laughs> He's got all the hands. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bucket full of hands here. I win. <laughs> I don't know if he wins. <laughs> well, you know, if you're going to have your hand in a bucket, it's better to own the bucket of hands than have your hand in the bucket. All right. Dan in the UK uh, writes in about Maggie's comment, all we do is run from the trailer. Again, something we uh, we brought up. Um, so he uh, Maggie says this to Glenn, and Dan says, I get the feeling from the way she says it and where they are at the time. They're having this conversation away from the group and don't want the rest of them to find out because she almost whispers it to him. My prediction is that when the first confrontation slash conversation between the governor and Rick occurs, I believe the governor will make an offer to the whole group within the prison of joining his group and living in Woodbury, offering them food, shelter, safety, etc. 
which I believe Maggie thinks will be a good idea and is discussing with or trying to convince Glenn when she says, all we do is run. Right. So why don't we go live here where it's safe? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good theory. I'm not sure if uh, Maggie would go that way. Well, I don't know. She just lost her home. This is the first time she's been on the run. The rest of our characters have kind of been moving around for a while. And so she's probably feeling pretty vulnerable, frightened, and, you know, not used to this whole scenario. So they're like, yeah, we found this prison, but there's zombies here. There are these new people here. We don't know much about them. Um, They've got a whole town. They've got food. They've got solar panels. they got, you know, he's protection. Let's go live there. He's saying everything's good. Let's take our chances. That could be. Let's stop running, even though we just started, and go and live in Woodbury. <laughs> All we do is run in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> Come, <right>. on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I want to have a bed again. Uh, but no, it's been a few months. That's uh, our estimation, remember? Right. Yeah. So um, I, could, I could see it. Yeah. Um, you know, if nothing else, she's trying, I think she's probably trying to convince Glenn, like, let's just hang out here. You know, maybe Glenn wants to go to Woodbury, and she's like, no, 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 this is better. We're on our own here. Let's stay here. We don't know anything about them. At least here, there's one or two people that we've already killed, and let's just live here. I feel better once we've killed a couple of people. Let's stay here. Let's stay here. Exactly. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. So, uh, interesting theory nonetheless. But, man, this was was some good stuff that our listeners came up with this week. Very, very good. You know, the show will probably play out completely differently. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, we'll check back with your piles and see where things are at. Sure. <laughs> if I remember that I have piles and then remember what's in what pile. You should write it down. I should write it down. All righty. That's going to wrap up this uh, episode of The Talking Dead. We will be back next week, though. We're not taking any time off between now and the next week and the next episode. We're not taking any time off. We're going to talk from now until the end of next Monday. We're, <laughs> we're going to stop recording and restart right away. <laughs> no, no, no. We're recording next week. Again, and uh, we are going to do two things primarily, and that is talk about the DVD slash Blu-ray of season two, Mm -hmm. go through all the special features, maybe listen to some commentaries, see if Robert Kirpin comes off as a jerk. Right. And uh, Is there commentary on every episode? Uh, I don't think every one. I don't know. I have it right here. Well, because I think we should commit to watching the uh, the commentary, but if it's on every episode, that's a lot. Audio commentaries on episodes one, seven, eight, eleven, and thirteen. One, seven, eight, eleven, and thirteen. That's five episodes. That's five. We can do that. Sure. All right. So we'll watch the commentary. We'll watch the special features. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of featurettes, a bunch of deleted scenes. We should be able to get through most of that. All right. I think, you know, some of these feature or some of these deleted scenes are the one two that we've already seen. So uh but there'll be more. So yeah. We'll we'll do that. We'll talk about that stuff. Hopefully there's something interesting there. We will also review episode three of the Telltale game. So you got to play that. I've got some homework to do. You got some homework this week. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to play it again a second time, which I always do. So I'll have that sort of insight and uh, all the news and listener feedback we can fit in. So should be a good number eighty-seven next week. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Eighty-six already almost done. Eighty-six almost done. Eighty-seven next week. We're going to hit a hundred sometime during the hiatus. It looks like between uh, the first half and second half of season three. That'll be great. It's going to be super fun. Don't forget, I'm going to be in New York for New York Comic Con, so we'll pass on more details about that as I know them. And I'm going to be Jason that whole time. Yes. Maybe in New York with me. Maybe maybe in New York, but I will be Jason that whole time. Did I say I'm going to be New York Comic Con? No, you said you're going to be in, you might be in New York Comic Con. I don't know what you said, but... (laughs) 
I wasn't yeah. making fun of you. I was just saying that I'm. I really can't commit to that, but I can commit to being myself. All right, well, that we'll, whole time. We'll check the tape and we'll get back to you. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll I'll figure something out because it would be cool to get together with some listeners down there if there are any. If not, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'll just go to a pub and drink by myself. There you go. It's New York. I've done that before. <laughs> Um, and of course, don't forget about the How to Kill a Zombie contest. Go to Facebook and post your favorite way to do that. And for any other comments or communication with us, you can send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or give us a call at 1 866 483 ZOMB. That is 9662. The Facebook page, just in case you want to know, is facebook.com slash the talking dead or our Twitter account is twitter.com slash talking dead I've, I've been checking that a little more recently really because occasionally people do tweet us and i don't like to ignore them i try not to ignore anybody so please don't feel bad if it takes me a little while to get back to you or or do whatever but i am here and i am paying attention i get uh, emails from twitter every now and again saying we miss you These <laughs> people are saying things and uh, you used to like reading them so come on back and uh, you know read some more tweets and you just continue to ignore it no, I, I launch it every once in a while. I don't want to lose my Twitter name, so I log in every couple of months just to make sure that my account is still active. Can you lose it? I didn't know you could lose it. I don't know, but it, you know, if they ever institute a policy where if you don't use your Twitter handle for uh, 90 days, you could lose it. Oh, I hope they don't do that. Well, I hope so, too. All so right. that's why I log in every couple of months. Well, why don't you log into the Facebook every now and then and go to our page? That uh, would be great. <laughs> it would be really fantastic. <laughs> I agree. All right, everybody, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Do it. Do it now. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not going to do it now. I'm not going to do it yet. I just want to do this again for a second. And now you say something. But. (laughs) Say something else. Bum. And continue. Ass. How many words for for bum can you come up with? Rump, can, <laughs> moneymaker. I don't know about that last one. Shake your moneymaker. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, you got any more? No, not that I can think of. Rear end. Rear end. Bottom. Bottom is good. That's British. It is. British or, or juvenile. Trunk. Yeah, trunk. <laughs> A lot of junk. Booty. Oh, yeah. How could we forget that one? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Tush. That's, that's about 10 or 11 we've got so far. That's pretty good.